Warming winters have shifted the timing and length of maple sugaring season in Wisconsin, the fourth biggest maple syrup-making state in the nation. This year's mild winter is no exception. The one-two punch of the Pacific climate pattern El Nino and climate change had maple syrup producers scrambling to start tapping in January, much earlier than the traditional season start. Carl Martin runs Martin & Sons Maple Syrup with his wife and three sons in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. He joins WUWM's Lena Tran to talk about how they're working to adapt to warming winters. I spoke to your wife, Karen. She said that tapping is underway and it's been a bit of a roller coaster. So just to start off, how's your week been? Pretty good. Um, we did get tapped uh, a few weeks ago. Normally, we would still be tapping at this time of year, but with this weather, we were pushed to tap very early, tapping in January this year. And even with tapping that early, we probably missed a couple of runs. In my 50 years of making maple syrup, we have never um, seen uh, sap flow in January uh, in the northern parts of the state. It's Usually, you would have a lot of snow on the ground or deep frost or both. And this year, we have neither deep frost nor snow. That is crazy uh, to start in January when you would normally start around when? We would start tapping in February, but the sap normally would not run until early March, early mid-March, this far north in the state. That's different in southern Wisconsin. It'll start in February in southern Wisconsin some years, but in northern Wisconsin, it's significantly cooler than normally. We do not cook maple syrup until March, and usually not until the middle of March. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you guys this year? We cooked a batch a couple of weeks ago. We'll be cooking another batch this weekend. And it looks like we'll be cooking um, Monday, Tuesday, which is still the end of February next week. Um, And then we'll be cooking in early March as well. The unknown is how long will the season last? Um, And that will really depend on temperatures. If we start to see 60s, 70s, the trees will bud out and the sap turns sour the maple syrup doesn't taste any good. So once the trees bud out, the season is over. And that's really dependent on how many warm days we have. So what is your your hope for the weeks ahead? Ideally, it either stays cold and we have a longer season and it continues through March into April um, with uh, periodic uh, warming some days. Could be that we have a really good couple of weeks where we have, you know, temperatures in the 40s, maybe low 50s and freezing at night. That's ideal for sap flow. What we don't want to see is a warm up of multiple 60, 70, 80 degree days uh, in a row. We had that happen last year in April and it ended the season prematurely last year. In northern third of the state last year, production was down 40 to 60 percent because of a record warm stretch we had from April 8th to uh, April 13th. That that would be the worst case scenario. The likelihood of that happening, unfortunately, is increased with this with the lack of snow, lack of frost, and this very warm uh, jet stream that we're experiencing. What has it felt like to be monitoring the weather conditions and realizing that you're going to have to make some of these calls earlier than you have had in years past? And I mean, you said it's been 50 years. It's pretty unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a, and I think this is true for all producers, it's a bit of a panic in January uh, when you start to see the forecast with these warm temperatures. Um, We run vacuum lines at our operation. Vacuum lines, you can tap them early and you will continue to get sap for up to a couple of months, two to three months. 
the challenge is really for my friends and counterparts in the business, particularly small producers that use pails or bags. You only have a certain period of time on those systems before the tree is going to heal over and you're not going to have sap production. So in those cases in January, a lot of a lot of my counterparts in the business had to make a decision. Do we tap now? Understanding that we only have about 45 days uh, with our pails or bags, or do we wait for more of the traditional season um, and tap in, you know, early March, uh, mid-March? People did both both sides of it. So you really had to assess the risk. For, for those who are running a lot of taps, uh, a lot of trees and running lines, part of the challenge was getting them all tapped because it takes a lot of time to get, you know, we run about 4,500 trees. Takes, you know, us, I have three sons that work in this, and my wife and I, it'll take us and our friends, you know, several weekends to get those tapped. And for larger producers that are running, let's say 20,000, 30,000 taps, it takes multiple weeks uh, for their uh, crews to get out and tap all those trees. So that's why I say the first runs were missed in January because nobody anticipated that there would be good runs of uh, maple sap in the northern part of the state in January or early February for that matter. And the potential impact of missing those, but then having the season get truncated, like you were talking about, as we approach like March, April, can really hurt down the line. Yeah. So you miss, I mean, for us personally, we were tapping, we probably missed uh, 20% of the season by not being ready for that January, February run. So 20% of our production for this year is probably gone because of the early spring or false spring, as some people call it. It appears to be more than just a false spring in that it's not cooling down significantly. It seems to actually be a longer trend of warm weather, which is unheard of to have this mild of temperatures. Could you talk about what it means to you to work with the land and then what it feels like when the course of things feels off and so disrupted? Yeah, um, we have a pretty close connection to the land. I've been cooking syrup for fifty over 50 years grew up cooking maple syrup and it's just unusual to have april type weather in january and february and it when i'm out tapping trees it really causes me to start to think what is this doing to the trees to the insect populations there's just a lot of things that are coordinated or have evolved with cold temperatures and deep snow and as you start taking that away from the system there's a lot of natural processes that um, are not going to occur as they have occurred in past years. I would say the one fortunate thing for this year is that we did have one week of very cold weather. Insect populations often get knocked back, reduced in size when you have very cold temperatures. Fortunately, we had that one week that was quite cold, but outside of that, it's been incredibly mild. So my concern for the the land, the ecosystems, the trees is what does this do long-term? And particularly if you see this in multiple years, you know, we're definitely seeing different winters than we have when I was growing up. We were never tapping trees in February and definitely not in January. So what does that do to our systems moving forward? And I think that's yet to be determined. You know, I'm guessing in some parts of the state, we're going to have frogs that will be coming out and singing, which is always a great sign of spring. Um, but what happens then when we have a major cool down um, that could occur in March or April? And how does that impact those populations? Just as one example of populations that can be uh, impacted. Or trees could butt out. Um, the fruit industry, I know, is particularly concerned that they're going to have swelling of the 
the blossoms and the tree buds, the apple, the cherry growers, et cetera. And then we're going to have some extended cold temperatures um, that could significantly uh, impact that industry uh, across the state. Mm -hmm. Do you get stressed out? <laughs> um, no, I, I don't get stressed out. I'm, I, I'm concerned. Um, I do like to um, communicate with others who are in either in the maple syrup business or other agricultural areas just to understand what their experiences have been. You want to make sure that you're not personally over-exaggerating what's going on. And when I talk to um, other growers, other producers, um, they have the same concerns. You know, whether you believe in climate change or not, the weather this year is unprecedented and everybody acknowledges that. And there's just a lot of questions about what does that mean for the foods we produce, the ecosystems that we all enjoy, you know, lakes, rivers, forests, et cetera. Uh, particularly if we start to see this on a more regular basis, which it sounds like we may. We, we're going to continue to have these milder winters, early springs, false springs occurring. And as a producer, I need to figure out how do I adapt to that. So next year, one thing that I would do to adapt to this is I would be ready to tap much earlier in the season. Fortunately, weather forecasts are getting better and better. And then you can start looking out, you know, up to two weeks, there's a lot more confidence. Um, and if you start to see those uh, warm temperatures, if you don't have a lot of snow, a lot of frost in the ground, really need to get out and tap those trees earlier um, rather than missing that first 20, 25% of the season because we weren't ready. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask you, what you think it looks like for producers to adapt in the future. So you mentioned, you know, being ready to get out and tap earlier. What does that mean? Does it mean like having equipment ready, having like lines, like sanitized. All that. So making sure things are clean, making sure you have the available workforce to tap the trees and you're ready to mobilize and tap those trees. This year, we were just caught off guard as were other producers in that, well, it's not going to run in January, early February. That would never happen. I think we learn um, lessons as we I know go through these seasons and we try to adapt next year and now it's not going to be like, well, that'll never happen. Now it's like, oh, that occurred in 2024 and that could occur again in 2026 or 2028. You want to make sure you have you have a long enough memory that um, you're like, oh, that could happen. And we need to adapt to these changing uh, climate conditions that are impacting the state and the industry. Absolutely. What's your favorite part about the process? I personally, and this is one of the reasons I cook maple syrup, my fondest childhood memory is the steam coming off of the evaporator. Um, it has a very sweet and a very unique smell to it. I mean, there's nothing that mimics that smell of fresh steam coming off of a, a maple syrup evaporator in the springtime. First, you get the buckets ready, clean the pans and gather firewood late in the winter. It's maple syrup time. Carl Martin is a maple syrup producer and a forest ecologist, and he leads the Division of Extension at UW-Madison. He spoke with WUWM's Lena Tran. 